welcome to Media Roots Radio. This is Abby Martin. And this is Robbie Martin. What's going on? Yeah, we haven't done the podcast in about a month. And uh, sorry for using the word podcast. It's actually not a word I really love. But um, yeah, we haven't done it in about a month. So this is kind of, uh, you know, we're trying to do this as often as we can. And and uh, you're getting your own show soon. So that's going to be awesome. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm getting my own show premiering premiering uh september 4th so two days before my birthday but it's gonna be awesome i'm taking over the alona slot um and it's just gonna be a ton of criticisms about the establishment <laughs> like that's the whole show is just gonna be me critiquing and undermining the two-party system and the rhetoric and conventional wisdom that tells us that we should be an empire so, so it's gonna wait, be great you mean you're not gonna be just talking about Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan and, <laughs> and carrying water for Obama? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to be completely different than anything on RT. I'm just really excited to actually... Get, the whole thing is just going to be like a personality show where I can just write whatever I want to about anything. So I'm very wow. excited for that. Uh, going to be completely different than what you've seen before, so stay tuned. Well, I'm, for one, very excited. Uh, it's great to watch you on Russia today doing uh, headlines and now you're going to have your own freaking show. Yeah, so. yeah, it's a dream come true. It is really weird still to be in D.C., but it's still uh, awesome. You know, it's surreal and weird, but it's great to have this opportunity. I'm really honored for RT to give me a voice and a platform to say everything that I've been saying that we've been saying for the past 10 years. So I'm really stoked about that. Um We'll be putting all the all the episodes, all the best segments and stuff up on Media Roots. So definitely <laughs> continue to. Sorry, I'm sick right now. Continue to check out the website MediaRoots.org. Still alive and well, still covering a ton of relevant things. Um, and we have a, a, a person, a couple people on the ground actually going to the the RNC convention this weekend. So that should be really interesting to see what happens uh, if the police state's going to emerge there. Well, oh, for I mean, certain I'm sure it is. they will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, didn't the last RNC, didn't um, uh, Amy Goodman get arrested and thrown to the ground? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> journal, you know, that a journalist as big, you know, with a stature as large as hers would get harassed like that. But yeah, and that was like you know. four years ago. I mean, think about how much crazier the police state has become since like Occupy Wall Street and all this stuff. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. What's going on with Occupy now? I mean, I've heard there's some more recent activity. Um, Occupy National Gathering was in Philly on the over the the course of Independence Day, a couple of days before and after that. Just talking about their vision, the next phase, kind of like a bunch of different delegates, you could say, from different Occupy camps. I think from like 600... No, that's totally wrong. Like 60 different Occupy camps from all over the country came and just tried to actually implement what they want, (laughs) which is what they should have done from the very beginning. But, I mean, it's still cool to see, you know, once again, the spirit of dissent is still alive and well, and at least there's some sort of strategizing behind the scenes of of what the vision is, what the goals are, and then how, what nonviolent strategies you you can implement to try to achieve those goals. And as we just saw... Occupy Oakland, Scott Olson and a couple other v- veterans, um, along with a bunch of other people, marched into the Obama cam- campaign headquarters in Oakland, which was great. 
um, to demand Bradley Manning's uh, freedom or a fair trial, at least for him. So that was really great to see them strategizing, picking out a place and having a, a reason to do it, which is uh, was really cool to see because when we were in Oakland with the Occupy Oakland movement, we were saying that the whole time that we should be going to Obama's headquarters and doing actions. Yeah, because it was right there, like literally a block away <laughs> yeah. from Frank Ogawa Plaza, or not, sorry, Oscar Grant Plaza, as they now call it, mm. with uh, with that painting of Obama. It's like a like a window painting, like they do like a, during Christmas sales, like the <laughs> kind of like paint on the window of like this cartoon Obama caricature, like pro, with like a almost like an angelic Obama logo coming out around his head, like a like an angel's ring or something. Yeah, because <laughs> he's an angel. Yeah, he's, was, a little, uh, he's a little angel. <laughs> so it's about freaking time. I mean, with all that time, all these people wasted, you know, trashing downtown Oakland and spray painting all like the historical buildings. It could have just been, you know, I mean, <laughs> spray painting that window and changing the that artwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was really cool to see that happening. Uh, as far as other news that's happening, I mean, God, it seems like every day I'm just reading more and more about the surveillance state just expanding so insanely trapwire um you know in in the millions of emails that wikileaks and anonymous got access to in the stratford database last christmas around christmas time that taken them like months to sort through it finally they uncovered something massive which is i mean it's not that surprising for people who already are kind of aware of the surveillance grid and the extensive surveillance apparatus you know that's in place but what it does do is um kind of solidify what what we've already suspected is that there is a surveillance grid not only is a surveillance grid with the the government cameras and cameras that are you know um set up like on traffic lights and stuff it's literally like any small time surveillance cameras as well like in department stores um literally any any surveillance camera that you see out in the public can be is being accessed every few seconds um, with a superior technology to facial recognition software so it's like more accurate than that data mine into a huge centralized anonymous database and what they found out from another decrypted strat for email was that all of this has been fed directly to the White House like literally directly to a White House feed LA. LAPD, NYPD, Scotland Yard, and the MI5 since 2010. So this is like, I mean, it just goes beyond anything that I, I formally thought was happening. Like, like, I guess before I thought that, yeah, there's surveillance cameras everywhere. Everything can be accessed and, and tracked. But now that I know that all of this is constantly being um, data mined every few seconds, honing it into a, a huge grid fed directly to these agencies like even abroad and the fact that we share information how easy it is to hack into this shit like that's the part that worries me is how like vulnerable all this information and the facial recognition technology and already they're working with numerous states to it's like pre-crime I mean they're like data mining everyone on social networking it's just you know the extent is just um, baffling I guess well the technology (laughs) makes it irresistible for law enforcement and people who want to yeah like stop crime before it happens mm-hmm. pre-crime or they claim that they mostly use it to you know to like catch criminals after the act so they can have a record of where they were or whatever 
but it is mostly, I think, on a psychological level, it's designed to act as a pre-crime kind of thing. So, like, you know, they think people in law enforcement have this false idea that they think they can stop something before it happens, or, you know, they can scare people away from committing crimes, or something like that. But they clearly can't. I mean, look at this guy, like, for example, the well, Batman guy. Yeah, it's a false, it's a false premise. It's, it's just like a, it's like the human desire to, like, the greed, the overwhelming yeah. greed that these law enforcement people have to be able to have every single tool available and every single resource at their disposal to be able to hunt down, you know, so-called criminals or terrorists. It's a completely, it's just like an unsatiable, <laughs> insatiable urge for them. They will never be, their thirst will never be quenched mm-hmm. until, like, every single person is being watched. Everybody's being tracked. But the one thing that, that I'm not sure about with this this whole, um, this, what is it called trap again? Wire. The trap wire technology is... It's. It, I mean, I could see it being possible if, if they're accessing IP cameras and web camera surveillance systems, but not everybody's surveillance system is hooked up to the internet. So it's. It would only apply to people's surveillance, like if they have surveillance cameras that have some sort of internet access or something. You know. Yeah. So I mean. I mean. What, I guess what I'm saying is it's not as bad as having every single camera at their access. But I mean, I'm sure if they wanted to, without a warrant, they could get access to it. If they, you know, not not at, maybe not in real time, but you know, they could walk into any store and, and ask for the tape or you know whatever. So, yeah. Or putting a bug on their surveillance camera system, you know, rerouting it to them or you know something like that. But eventually, the technology will be cheap enough to do pretty much exactly what you know that if they're doing it to that extreme. I mean, it'll be possible eventually. <laughs> if it's yeah. not possible now, so yeah, 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 and also they just they just caught, or the Senate just passed a bill, <laughs> man, sorry, mandating every new car starting in 2015 to have black box recording devices installed. So like, not only can they access your conversations, like in like, I mean, of course they're saying, oh, you know, if there's an accident, you'll be able to see exactly what happened, how fast you were going, blah 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 blah. But that is really a slippery slope because, I mean, what if you just want to run away for a few days or you don't want to be found? Like, you will not be able to hide at all. Everything's going to well, be tracked. The only, reason you wouldn't want to be, <laughs> the only reason you wouldn't want to be found is if you were doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> what do you want to do that for? <laughs> Why do you want these strange rights that you're talking about? Because to me, they sound unreasonable. There, and then there was a provision in the bill, this is how ridiculous Congress and the Senate work, is they just, like, throw these weird pieces of legislation, like, hidden in other bills, you know? Like, in this bill that they just passed at the Senate about the black box stuff, there's a provision that says that the IRS could, like, take your license and passport away if you owe $50,000 in back taxes. Like, somehow, like, it just got, like, thrown in this other bill. <laughs> But, like, if they track you in your car or something, it's like, what? (laughs) Dude, this shit is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it would be fun if we lived in a world where people didn't have a sensational urge to just, like, destroy us psychologically and, like, track everything we're doing to create a so-called peaceful society or whatever. I mean, I think I was watching that. This is not completely directly related, but I was watching that Julian Assange roundtable discussion with Applebaum and a few other like hacker activist people. Mm-hmm. And 
one of the guys, I think he was like the French guy, I don't remember his name, but he had a good point about like that all these, you know, media conglomerate companies are trying to stop the act of sharing files, not just trying to stop copyright infringement itself. Like and it just strained, I mean, the technology got so fast that all of a sudden people were able to share these large files with each other all over mm-hmm. the internet. And they're trying to stop the act of torrenting and sharing large files itself. It's like, that's the fix? I mean, this is it's a similar thing. It's like they're trying to stop people from being able to be free just so they could, like, think that things are going to be, like, peaceful or okay. I mean, it's just, it's, I don't even... It's yeah, I mean, if, like, <laughs> if I wanted to send you this file... Like, this file of the radio show that we're going to do. Like, I mean, where does this end? It's like, you're going to prevent people from, like, sharing files and, and large files with each other online? And yeah, under the guise of copyright? I mean, it's Their retarded. justification is that most people who are doing it are breaking, are copyright infringing. But that still doesn't justify the idea of being against the concept. Because it's all it really it means at its fundamental level is that it's an, a way for people to share information with each other. Right. Sharing large amounts of information will accelerate, you know, the so-called global community that people, you know, this utopian idea that knowledge will be more accessible. And it's like they want to stop that rather than stopping the actual individual breakings of the law or the worst cases that the law is broken or whatever. Yeah, they don't want that. They don't want that at all. So... (laughs) Another interesting... (laughs) Onto a more lighter subject. Is there anything more positive or happening or... Um, yes. I mean, yeah, Ecuador, Viva Ecuador. They granted Julian Assange asylum. I guess that's a positive thing that's come out of all this crazy stuff. How he's going to get to Ecuador is another story. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I mean, now they're now like checking everyone's IDs that goes in and out of the Ecuadorian embassy. I loved how he mentioned Bradley Manning and taught and like spoke directly to Obama at his speech. Like, oh yeah. If he didn't do that, I mean, I'm just, that was like, because like I've been a little bit iffy on as far as WikiLeaks's output is concerned like they promised to release that video which maybe I shouldn't be holding on to that the wedding massacre <laughs> video you know I mean that I know sounded you really pretty gnarly see it. I know you really want to see I, it really bad. I really want to see a snuff film of <laughs> our hor- horrendous uh, yeah military technology at work but um Wait, oh, just yeah. explain really quickly what, what you're talking about, because I don't think a lot of people okay. understand. After the collateral murder video was released, Julian Assange and <laughs> someone in Iceland during a press conference, it was like his his like spokesperson in Iceland when he was there for a while, um, said to the world, I think it was like at the press club or National Press Club or somewhere else, that they had another video that they were sitting on that showed like something like 60 people being killed by a similar like aerial missile that were not like soldiers they were just like ci- like civilians in Afghanistan um, and they haven't released it yet and I, don't, I have no idea why or if they were maybe just bluffing that they had it or maybe they are worried that if they release that then that's then they'll actually you know fuck more people up I don't really know the reason but mm-hmm. that's that's true that they said that and but I mean that doesn't mean that I, you know, you can't trust the other good work that they've been doing because it's undeniable that the Stratford leak and all this other shit, you know. And the whole thing with Ecuador that you brought up is that he's not... The UK and the US are desperately trying to, like, defeat the diplomatic uh, um, asylum laws to be able yeah, to get him. Yeah. And they've never done anything like that before. I mean, that's unprecedented. And if any of his, like, you know... You know, the people who are anti-Julian Assange because of this rape accusation, if they're like, well, why doesn't he just answer the questions? You know, he broke the law and he, you know, he, 
he needs to go back and and be accountable to it. Well, it's like, don't you realize that that's not why they're trying to get him out of the Ecuadorian embassy? I mean, have they ever? I mean, it's just unprecedented. If he was just a, let's just assume for a second, just for you know, devil's advocate, that he is a rapist. Would they be trying to go no. into this? No. I mean, it's for WikiLeaks, obviously. Clearly, of course. Oh my I god. Mean, I mean, so it's just so dumb that people even bring that into the discussion of like that's this, the only side of it. It's like no, they're using that as a reason, whether it's true or not, which it's probably not. I mean, it's obvious that it's like totally fucking sh- like shady. The accusations are yeah. bizarre. I mean, it's not, and then technically, it's not even rape because he he didn't he had consensual sex, but apparently didn't wear a condom, without their knowledge. So yeah, that's so like a different it, definition of rape than in our country. <laughs> and people are so... I mean, the women came out later and said that they fucked him, and then he, like, forced himself on them. And, and there's, like, a bunch of different accounts, but Julian is, but they do say that they did have consensual sex and that they told him to wear a condom, and then he didn't. And I don't think a lot of people realize that having sex in Sweden, there's such a general term for rape. It has been redefined, literally. And if you think about it, it's actually in a way a perfect way to nab him because he is probably, he probably does sleep with a lot of women. He's like a good looking dude. He's very like confident. You know, he likes the attention of, you know, he's the fall guy for WikiLeaks. Like he's in a position of kind of like, you know, I'm sure that he parties and gets around a lot. But like the idea that you can get charged for rape for that. We already know that he was offering to answer this, the questions that Sweden wanted to ask him, but Sweden could not... First of all, they couldn't give him an explanation of why they couldn't do it there. Um, second of all, they, they couldn't promise that they would not extradite him to the U.S. And he said that he would go back to Sweden and face questioning if they did indeed promise to not extradite him. So, you're, I mean, who, who can possibly say that this is not about... WikiLeaks, and it's really about rape. Yeah, and if in case anybody out there is not fully, like, up to date on what's going on, I mean, for the past year or so, Julian Assange has been under house arrest, and he, by the UK government, and it's because he didn't return to Sweden to answer their questions, even though he offered to answer their questions in the UK. That's right. Is that correct? Yes. So, so, but the questions revolve around accusations of rape by two women in Sweden who he had consensual sex with. That's not up for debate. But the, I mean, that's from all, most of the evidence out there, that's what it seems like happened. But apparently he didn't use a condom, which is classified as rape under the laws of Sweden. And conveniently, there's no rape kit you can use to test for <laughs> someone not using a condom. I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm totally not saying rape is good or like even doing that. I mean, you know, tricking a girl, and, you know, thinking that you're using a condom when you're not or whatever. I mean, I'm not for that. I'm just saying that it's, you know, people in the U.S. think, oh, he's a rapist, but they don't realize that technically that's all he's being accused of, and there's no way to prove it. Really, medically, you know, you can't, just like what I said, you can't get tested in a hospital It just that happened to you. It just seems like too coincidental, like you were saying. I mean, he's this he's the fall guy for WikiLeaks. He's the one who's put himself out there. He's kind of a player. He, he likes the attention. I could see him being a player. We already know in the women's testimony that they kind of drew him into this conference in Sweden, and then they all fucked i mean i i know he fucked them both separately i mean this is two separate instances but yeah 
but it was like seemed like a highly sexually charged situation. Like he met both of the women; they were both know, knew each other, and then he had like sex with them like within the span of like twenty four hours, both of them or something like that. Yeah, like and in in, I don't know <laughs> if it was twenty four hours, but it definitely was in the in the same like week or something. And he, and then like, I mean, they both were attracted to him, like brought him back, fucked him, and then both come together and go to the cops. I mean, it just seems too perfect. It seems like this is completely set up, and it was the perfect way to kind of entrap him i mean in yeah. a sense and and, and I mean, what other country really has that loose interpretation of rape i'm not for no. rape either but i'm not for redefining rape to say that it's having sex without a condom yeah and i bet if you took a survey of like if you found a bunch of people who knew about wikileaks and knew about the rape accusations and you asked them what is julian assange accused of doing but describe it without using the word rape and they you know most of them would say with you know forcing himself upon a woman without her consent right because that's what <laughs> i mean that's what most people's understanding of the word is so it is it is strangely perfect how like what they did to him if that this really is a setup from beginning to end i mean like it's kind of very genius it is genius <laughs> i mean we already know what i think you mentioned this on a previous show we already know that the Mossad use female agents to entrap <laughs> Men, I mean, this is not... I mean, I'm not saying these women are working for the CIA or Mossad or anything, but I am saying that it. this is not old no. or, like, a new tactic. Like, this this happens, entrapment, female entrapment. And his weakness, and, and honestly, like, it was known even before this happened that he was, like, a guy who slept with a lot of women and had, like, an online dating profile where he talked about, like, you know, wanting to have, like, casual sex and stuff like that. So... He wore his weakness kind of on his sleeve in exactly. a way. So like it was. I mean, he probably if it if it went down that way, he his, he was an easy target for this kind of entrapment. Exactly. He sought asylum in the Ecuadorian embassy because him and Carrera, like when he was on RT, they probably agreed to it, or or at least he probably had some sort of insight that he would be allowed in there. You know, so he goes in there. And they met on Russia Today. He had a Correra on, but no, they didn't agree on air, but they probably... I mean, I mean the day, is that the first time they actually, like, talked in yeah, person? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, so I'm sure it Man. all happened after that interview, but... so he goes in the history. <laughs> yeah. So they go in the Ecuador... He goes in the Ecuadorian embassy. He's in there for over a month, I think two months, actually. Um, it was quite a long time, um, and then all of a sudden, in a completely unprecedented manner, obviously the UK was acting as a proxy to the US... I mean, the, two things are clear. This is not about rape, and this is not about the U.K. wanting Julian Assange. It's U.S., like, clearly it's a U.S. interest-backed. We already know that massive U.S. pressure was going to the U.K. government to try to bring Julian Assange out. I mean, they were going to violate the Vienna Conventions and also international law. Yeah. They were encroaching on the embassy about to raid it. I mean, Julian Assange... I mean, he technically broke no law. However, the United States government is so offended and so embarrassed and so caught with their pants down and insulted by what he did on, like, a personal level that they're doing everything in their power to take him down and, and show use him as a symbol mm-hmm. of what, what you... If you do this, you're fucked. Because I guess Bradley Manning wasn't enough. Yeah. I mean, and the U.S. is not ashamed or doesn't seem like they're worried about making this an international story for a long time. I mean, it just seems like they are not afraid of that, whatever fire might come back on them for that. For even even looking like they're violating international law to try to pull this guy out of an, a, um, a, a 
kind of yeah, like revo- an embassy. Yeah, like revoking <laughs> sovereignty. I mean, the, the Ecuador has a sovereign nation in UK. That's what an embassy is. You're, it's insane. That's why people seek asylum in... Well, it's just—it's un- a completely unprecedented and unheard of for a government to go this far to catch someone who committed rape or a crime on that level. And there's for- no charge; he's uncharged. There, there is yeah. no charges against him as it stands. Um, so, for anyone to bring in that discussion and say, "Well, he should just go back and face those questions because he was accused of rape," it's like, don't you realize that if this has nothing to do with that? Ultimately, the reason why they're using this level of force and intimidation is because of WikiLeaks. That's all. It is. I mean, it's it's obvious. And don't you realize that if he goes and gets arrested and goes to Sweden, he will face pretty much the same fate as Bradley Manning. I mean, mm-hmm. he will. We probably won't hear from him for a very long time. Like that. And he knows that. He took the only chance that he could. He was just like, fuck it. Like, I'm not... I mean, what do I? What am I going to do? Go into a, a solitary cell for years? Or am I going to try to live in an embassy and, you know, seek asylum from a country that actually gives a fuck about human rights? I mean, if you're looking at the U.S. used to be the bastion of freedom and human rights nation, you know, internationally, and here we are persecuting, trying to violate a nation's sovereignty to extradite a whistleblower i mean not it's just it's unbelievable really it is unbelievable and to think i mean just to think of how julian assange has been handling this he's been pretty ballsy i mean the fact Mm -hmm. that he went out there and did a speech i mean it's it's you know he knows he's the fall guy and i think he's been accepting it with you know grace and and uh you know, finesse. Like, I mean, just the fact that he's had the show on Russia Today. He interviewed the guy, the head of Hezbollah. I mean, he. I, I mean, he's really trying to burn the candle at both ends as far as how much he can get out of this last bit of attention, perhaps before he goes away forever. Right. And that, and that's kind of scary to think about for everybody out there who wants to do any sort of hacktivism or uncovering up of classified information that is of public interest, anything like that. I mean, this is, sends a chilling effect to everybody. It really in does, the world. yeah. In the world, not because he's not an American citizen. Right. That's what people are forgetting. He, America is coming after him across international borders to make a symbol out of him. This is what this is about. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's a whistleblower of U.S. war crimes, and so is Bradley Manning, and it's, and, a, and it's a sad day when the people who are executing the war crimes sit on their high horse and try to take out the people who expose them. Absolutely. And, and I mean, and for the U.S. government, they know that Julian Assange, by taking him down, is not going to end mm-hmm. WikiLeaks' operations in a technical sense. Because he's not the head of their operations in the sense that he's not the one who leaks this information or, or whatever. But what it what it does is it sends a chilling effect to people who might be thinking of helping WikiLeaks, right? Or or helping that cause, and that's what they know. That's why they're facing this head on, and they're not afraid of this international negative press attention. They want to scare people internationally. It's a fear mongering campaign. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're and right. It's fucking insane. Yeah, and the whole. I mean, I love how we're like touting this the human rights stance in like Syria and Libya and then you just see the, the Ethiopian president Melis Zanawi this guy who was like our gem in Ethiopia I mean we have like all of our drone bases around Africa based in Ethiopia he just died and you should see all the quotes from like all the establishment it's a sad day for 
Africa, like one of the, you know, one of the great leaders has fallen. What they're not talking about is his insane, tyrannical regime of over 60 years where he oversaw like murder, like, <laughs> like the murder of hundreds, the imprisonment of thousands who tried to stand up against him in 2005, complete tyrannical dictator. But you know, it's okay because he's our, he's our guy there. He was our guy and we liked him and same with Egypt, same with all this shit. You know, we don't touch Bahrain or uh, anywhere else that really has these horrendous human rights abuses because they, they they serve a geopolitical interest to us. That's really what it comes down to. So I'm just sick of all this shit. Like, people, even who get it and, and who see that wars are about resource control and corporatism and hegemony, they still are just like, well, you know, Basara Shad is like, he's a horrible guy and he's like brutalizes his people you're like don't you see that like so you're justifying <laughs> this like because he's a bad person but, like you you understand the geopolitical like chess game like how could you possibly support that but then like justify the fact that we don't fucking do anything about these other horrendous dictators in other countries it just makes no sense like wouldn't you rather just not intervene at all or like just help with like actual peacekeeping like well, it's selective, bombing? and that's the whole that's the whole thing that people don't talk about is that it's selectively enforced because there's obviously some other strategic interest or reason why we're doing it beyond or having nothing to do with humanitarian intervention. And when it comes to like, you know, why we hate certain countries or whatever, I mean, it's it's partly geopolitical resources and then other things like, you know. Cold War resentment, like countries that decided to side with Russia during the Cold War. I mean, we still hate them. Mm-hmm. Probably a combination of you know strategic interests and also just personal vendettas carried through generations of psychotic, um, you know, neoconservative people who work in the U.S. government. And it's just it's really a sad state of things to just see. I don't know. I mean, just fuck. Everything. <laughs> yeah, and like also, like, well, how ridiculous. I mean, the Pussy Riot thing is a great example of, yeah, it's totally fucked up to have these three girls who did some kind of like punk stunt against Catholicism and Putin go to jail for three years. That's fucked. But at the same time, I mean, the outrage coming from the Western establishment about this incident, when at the same time, here we are with like. Bradley Manning. I mean, Bradley Manning, all without charges, like Assange, someone who's not even from the U.S., going after him in international waters, Kim.com, you know, (coughs) someone who's living in New Zealand, where we're trying to send the FBI, the FBI botched this whole thing up, but we were trying to extradite him to the U.S. to charge him. It's like, hello? I mean, that's way crazier. Absolutely. And and I, I do think it's, I think that, the Western media has seized upon it because it gives young people. I mean, I, I notice a lot of younger musicians people are very much into talking about the Pussy Riot scandal, which is, I mean, it's totally understandable. But a lot of those people seem to also not really pay very much attention to Bradley Manning or just assume, oh, well, he did something really fucked up and of course he should go to jail for it because, you know, he glee classified information. It's like, I mean, Prissy Riot's stunt was on video. They did actually break the law, even though the law may be ridiculous. They broke it, and it's on video. And they knew Bradley what Manning they were going to do. Bradley Manning hasn't gone through a trial yeah. yet. Bradley Manning is not... His trial is not over. So he's his innocent trial hasn't even been guilty. Gone. <laughs> yeah, his trial hasn't even begun. <laughs> so it's just like... It's just sad the way that 
America loves to seize onto these human rights abuses and other things that happen in other countries that seem really unfair and like a violation of human rights when we're just totally ignoring the our, our erosion of our own rights here. Yeah, it's just, you know? it's amazing. And it is coincidental that here we are, Russia and China are kind of the only superpowers that are not backing the Syrian pretty much not invasion but i mean the a next un intervention similar to U- libya they're the ones who are kind of like backing off on that holding off on that and here we are putting the spotlight on russia saying they're irrelevant look at how tyrannical they are you know they have no respect for human rights blah 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 i mean bradley manning just spent his 815th day in detention without trial literally no trial all he's had is a pre-trial hearing where they're not doing shit it's all secret all like they can't even record anything. It's just a couple journalists who are like having to write everything down by hand in a separate room. It's like it's so uber secretive, and it's a military tribunal. I mean, we all know how the, how those goes. It's a kangaroo court, and the legal maximum. And I'm glad that Assange pointed this out when he did his speech at the embassy. But he said the legal maximum of holding someone without trial is 120 days. Bradley Manning just spent 815 days without trial in detention. Without charges. But, Abby, the law doesn't matter anymore because we're <laughs> in a new frontier. It's post-9-11. We're in a the post-9-11 day, 9/11 world. O- 9-12-01, o- everything changed. And you have you just got to accept it. We're because, in a post-9-11 world, dude. Yeah. It's just too, you know, it's too risky to have someone like that out there endangering our troops. Because that's what he, what he did. Yeah, he, he Sorry, violated national security. Security. <laughs> Did, did you just hear? Did you hear about the for, the former naval naval seal, the former naval navy seal, who's charging almost four hundred dollars a person to reenact the Osama bin Laden raid using paintball guns? That's awesome. Let's, yeah, let's do it, dude. Yeah, let's what's do it, it dude. Let's, let's, um, let's plug his website on our show because that sounds awesome. Let's do it, bro. Uh, it is. Oh, speaking of Osama bin Laden raid, yeah, what? Uh, the most expensive campaign commercial for Obama has the trailer, or the first one came out. The the campaign commercial that cost, I oh, think, good. What is almost two hundred million. Um, uh, shit, it's it's the Catherine Bigelow movie. I keep forgetting the name. Zero oh. Dark Thirty. Yeah, has a trailer, and it looks like a fucking like Born Identity, like like just smash and bash, like military thriller. It's yeah, hilarious. Dude. Because that's how it was. It was total smash and bash. Get that shit out. <laughs> yeah. Get that shit out. Get Osama Bin Laden. We got him. <laughs> yeah. We We're got. Still... We are absolutely certain this is him. We've done DNA <laughs> testing. Sorry, what I was your reaction? Little, what was your reaction when you it saw him? him? It was him. <laughs> yeah, right, dude. Wait, that was you didn't your reaction? See shit. <laughs> that you was did your reaction? It was him? Yeah. That was... What a weird reaction. Well, of course it was him, right? <laughs> like, what? What do you mean? I it love was it him. too. It's it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing is just so bizarre. I mean, I don't believe that story at all. <laughs> still, in case anyone out there listening is like, "Oh, I wonder if the Media Roots radio hosts think Bin Laden is dead now, and if the raid was real." And no, absolutely not. I mean, I, not that I don't think he's alive. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that it's just total bullshit. Like, I mean, I mean, basically everything <laughs> they say happens about anything is a lie. Like yeah, I mean, we don't, I mean whether he was killed in the happened, raid or not, the yeah. whole description of it is beyond believable. I mean, it's like the let's roll thing. It's like they make up these stories to make it look like we're, you know, we send in this like military teams that are so heroic and to and get the job done, get her done. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we already knew Bin Laden, like we've said before in podcasts, we knew, first of all, we knew that Clinton knew where he was. We knew that we knew where he was shortly after 9-11 when the CIA did a sting operation to get him to do a, quote, confession tape. That's admitted. We knew the past. You're telling me we didn't know that he was fucking in this little compound in Pakistan for the last 10 years? I mean, that is absurd. It's absurd. Did you hear that Bagram Air Base just got bombed? No. By Afghan militants. <laughs> I mean, I'm not laughing at... I mean, yeah, the, rag, the ragtag the ragtag groups of whatever they refer to as Al-Qaeda in, in Afghanistan. I refuse to use the word Al-Qaeda. <laughs> I refuse to use the word Al-Qaeda because it's a, a tactic. Because <laughs> it's not a real organization until 9-11, until we labeled the ragtag group of terrorists across the Middle East Al-Qaeda. That's why... I don't like calling them Al-Qaeda, but, but yeah, they just attacked Bagram Air Base, which is like Gitmo's stepchild, like redheaded stepchild that no one talks about. Uh, and yeah, what do you know? Um, the Afghan war is still going strong. <laughs> like it's, I'm laughing because it's just so absurd that people say that these wars are just over. Like, oh, well, the war's over. Obama, Obama ended the wars, guys. You're like, yeah, so we just invaded and occupied an entire country for over a decade, still going on, to find one man where we knew where he was the whole time, we knew that he wasn't even in the country, to appease the American people, to attack and invade a country that had nothing to do with 9-11, where 90% of the goat herder tribal Afghanis had no idea what the fuck 9-11 even was, invade, occupy that country, destroy all these mountains, do nothing except steal the opium and put it back on the black market, now 90% of the world's heroin comes from Afghanistan, hmm... So, why did we go in, and why are we still there, and why are people thinking that the war's over, and what the fuck was the point? I mean, Jesus Christ, what a mess. You're forgetting that we all need our (laughs) cell phone minerals, because that's what, you know... Oh, yeah. We gotta go into Afghanistan and get those rare earths, dude. Oh, yeah, wait, wasn't there... Wait, 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 yeah, 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 wasn't there, like, (laughs) the minerals of, like, cell phone chips and shit, too, right? Yeah, Apple's making out big from the war in Afghanistan. <laughs> Dude, I totally they forgot are. about that. Oh my god, it's like it's like six trillion dollars worth of minerals that they found. Oh yeah, holy no! F. But we only found that coincidentally after we invaded. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. It was just like luck. It was like, oh my god, like wow. Yeah, oh my god, this so it was is all a worth miracle. It. <laughs> yeah. I wonder where those minerals are now. Well, we're talking on them, or well, no, we're not on <laughs> cell phones, but you know, we're putting them against our brains. We're putting That's them against our brains. <laughs> We're putting rare earths against our cream names. <laughs> um, brain cancer. But I, I, I think everyone out there, this is kind of... Um, everyone should help WikiLeaks release the text of the Trans-Pacific Partnership Trade Agreement. It's an extremely secretive trade agreement between 11 countries across Asia, U.S., 600-plus corporate advisors working on this thing. It will completely install, basically, SOPA... But internationally, it will basically the bill and only one portion of it's been leaked. That's why they're trying to appeal WikiLeaks to help leak the whole text because even people in Congress can't see it. Trade representatives and people who vote on this shit like can't even access the text. And it's obviously going to be passed. I mean, it's totally fucking secret. But all these people um, are going to basically instill an international tribunal of lawyers who, if we let's say like if a, a good like the tuna thing, how we say, like, we need a label that this is, like, you know, harming dolphins or something. And, like, 
basically a, a, a foreign country can say, all right, the United States passed this law saying that they need to, like, let's say, label GMOs, you know? And so this international tribunal appointed by these corporate heads of these agencies that are clearly benefiting off the pill and, like, you know, regulate all this shit, they appoint lawyers to um, decide and dictate to overpass, surpass whatever the United States regulates or, or makes into law. That's what the TPP will do. I mean, there's so much more stuff that's going along with this bill, but that's just one one thing that we know it will do, which is insane. I mean, basically, it's going to make everything that we, we legislate here that has to do with trade null and void because this, like, secret cabal of of people appointed by corporate heads can just say, like, no, um, we just we actually just decided over your law that that's not going to happen, and so we're going to continue to do that. So anyway, go to, you know, try to donate for that. I just posted a little thing about it. <coughs> oh, so what else? Is there anything interesting <laughs> going on with the election? Because it's, I don't even fucking care at all. Like, I'm just What, so... other than the fact that it's a total dog and pony show and it's a total yeah. distraction that Obama's going to win? And I, I mean, I, I asked Stephen if he thought this, but he said no. But I, for some reason, I, I feel like Paul Ryan is gay. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why, like. I just really get that. Gay. Just something about him, yeah. I mean, I'm not like, and there's you know, there's nothing wrong with that if he is, but it just seems I don't know. I get this weird vibe. Maybe yeah, that means no, I'm attracted I do to him. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I get the weird vibe too, just because he looks really good. Like, I don't know what a, he look looks like too, like clean cut. It's like I Mitt Romney looks like a Ken doll who's like a robot, but. Paul Ryan actually does look like like just a legitimate gay man. <laughs> I don't even know what that yeah. means, but it's true. And and that, well, I guess the only thing about the election that I've been paying attention to because this just seems like all they want us to pay attention to is the race baiting shit. Like, like didn't Mitt Romney say something <coughs> a, a racist or something like about angry <clears throat> something <clears throat> like Obama's like angry, and then some guy in MSNBC said he's. He's creating the niggerfication of Obama or something. Oh, Did you hear about sake, this? No. And then, uh, no. and then Biden said something about how they're trying. To, the Republicans are trying to put y'all in chains to like a crowd of black people. Oh wow! He actually so, said like, y'all. Or some, I don't know if it was a crowd of black people, but it, yeah, he did. And, and he sounded like a black Good creature like in the clip. And uh, it's just funny to me that both sides are like, oh, they're you know they're race baiting. It's like, well, every, you guys are both doing it. To, like just like you were before, like trying to win the election, like it just reminds me of the heat of the, you know, the last maybe six month stretch of the Obama versus McCain election. How th- much of that racial shit was going around, you know? Oh yeah, it was nonstop. Like, like the whole thing where it was like Obama's a Muslim. I mean, like the woman oh even asked to Don McCain about it, like at the thing. I mean, it just got out of control. So I feel like we're just going back into that. You know, oh, this is the hot button emotional issue for Americans to emotionally react to. Let's pump this shit out there. You know. Yeah, and apparently foreign policy is a non-issue in the 2012 elections because we no, because all the wars are over. Gitmo's closed. Abby, haven't you heard? Everything is completely different. (laughs) It's all gone. Gitmo's closed. (laughs) We're in a new era. Really good. Totally new era. Totally new era with the NDAA, where Obama's now fighting to keep it. If anyone had any doubts or notion that Obama actually because like even Cheyenne, my friend Cheyenne who works for Obama when the NDAA thing happened he was like legitimately devastated and he was just like oh my god like this is the 
worst thing ever. I cannot in good conscience believe that Obama like wanted this. He must have been pressured, da 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 da. And then when the district the Pauls were kidnapped or the, <laughs> Obama's kid must have been held hostage. So so, you know, when the district court judge or federal or I, I forget it, it was the district court of New York. Anyway, the woman that basically Obama appointed as a judge, um, when she appealed uh, the she said that the NDAA was unconstitutional. She appealed that that whole court case with Alexa O'Brien and Chris Hedges and and all those people, um, Glenn Greenwald, not, I don't know if it was Glenn Greenwald, but all these people who appealed the NDAA and said this is unconstitutional, and she said, I agree. So it was held temporarily like a, a ban on the NDAA portion of, of the National Defense Authorization Act, the Indefinite Detention Section 1021. That was uh, held on hold until further notice or whatever. And then it just came out that Obama is actually trying to uh, fight that himself. Directly from him, he is trying to fight the judge that he appointed to reinstate the indefinite detention ban on American citizens. So if anyone can seriously continue to argue that Obama did not want this, they are wrong. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, and I see a lot of his supporters trying to bend over backwards to now explain that, well, yeah, but, you know, we do need to catch Al-Qaeda, and this is a lot better. You know, instead of using a hammer... You know, he's using, like, a, uh, a scalpel to try to, like, take these people out. So we need stuff like the NDA. It's like, fuck, fuck you, dude. What? Like, we don't, I mean, I mean, it, first of all, the war on terror is based on a lie. Um, <laughs> I know that it was an inside job. Al-Qaeda is not a threat. Any, you know, there's going to be people out there in the world trying to do shit to us all the time. I mean, we're, look at, look, I mean, we're just an easy target. We're so aggressive, <laughs> like, so imperialistic. So, like... It's, I mean, but it, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just the war on terror is bullshit, and it's pretty much the end of my rant. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I best, I heard the best men- mental gymnastics the other day when someone wrote to me and they were like, "Look, the end," because I was like saying all this stuff about the NDAA and saying, you know, this is outrageous. That I, can anyone still justify the fact that Obama didn't want this? I mean, this concept goes back to King John. I mean, this is Magna Carta shit that we're talking about when the when they force the king's hand to sign, but the right to a fair trial. I mean, this is like fucking setting the U.S. back like eight centuries. I mean, this is outrageous. Like, if you're seriously justifying the fact that we're giving up our most basic rights as human beings, like the right to habeas corpus, the right for a, a review of why we're being detained, that's outrageous. And someone wrote me and they're like, no, like, this is actually the best reason that you could vote for Romney, because Romney will actually use the NDAA. Obama won't use it. Romney will actually use it against us. And I was like, but Obama what? Obama's the one who passed it. What do you mean? Why? What are you talking about? Yeah, I have no doubt Romney will use it, but do you have any doubt that Obama will too? Like, why the fuck else would he want it? Why would he want it in the first place if he didn't plan on using it? And I'm sick of all these people saying, yeah, the Democrats just like, or the Republicans will actually use this stuff. Like, but they don't. They don't understand that the Democrats set it up. That's just as bad. They vote for it, set it up, and then yeah, the Republicans might use it more. But Jesus Christ! It's like a false debate. I mean, it doesn't even. It's it's a completely useless, uh, like paradigm to debate within because that's bad across the board. It doesn't matter who's in control. Yeah. That's the whole <laughs> point is that once Obama leaves office. You know, yeah. if, you're, if you're so in love with Obama and you trust him so much, you don't think he's going to use it. Well, that's fine. You know, that's one side of it. But once he leaves office, it's still there, and anybody can use it. So, right. 
it just doesn't make sense either way how anybody would be able to defend that. I mean, because, yeah, I mean, if you're scared of Romney or whatever being more aggressive and using it against more Americans, then who's the next guy after Romney if he loses, you know? Jeb Bush. Yeah, Jeb Bush or Condi or some, you know, yeah. who knows? Yeah, I know. If that's a reason for us to keep voting for these people, but if they're still going to do this crazy stuff, then Jesus, I mean... Sorry, I'm out. Like, I, I'm not falling into that trap, that's for sure. <laughs> Total trap. <laughs> Total trap, dude. And let's talk really quickly about um, about this Marine who was... He's not an active Marine. He's, he's a Marine veteran. He served in Iraq, Afghanistan. He's decorated Marine veteran combat he's engineer. Young. He's young. Like he's young like 26. He? Which in and of itself is kind of disturbing to think that this man has already served two tours. Yeah, and two, two wars. wars. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like some sort of fucking science fiction movie. Yeah. Like, 26 like years old. you're 26 old. years old and yeah. you're like going, you know, you're spent like the last eight years in two different wars in two different foreign countries. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Anyways, go on. Sorry. Yeah, so apparently he woke <laughs> up to the fact that 9-11 was an inside job. He's definitely like really passionate. Um, and I don't know if he was doing this. I haven't watched the view of in the Adam Kokesh got of him actually like speaking from the psychiatric ward. But what happened is he was posting a bunch of anti-government sentiment. Nothing really beyond what we have posted about 9-11. I mean, he's definitely like more in that whole liberty, like don't tread on me, like very not militant, but like more just aggressive about it. Not any more than what I've seen other people say. Like, nothing yeah, that we, said I'm going to kill people. Nothing that said I'm going to fucking whatever. Nothing that was, like, provocating violence or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And you made a good point. You posted the story that, that Oscar wrote on... Everyone go to Media Roots or, or check out our SoundCloud timeline and check out the story. Because it is really shocking. Um, but Robbie posted on Facebook. And you're just like, if this guy... Wait, I didn't even say what happened to him. The FBI comes to his house, um, arrests him without even reading him his rights, takes him to a psychiatric ward and is holding him for 30 days under some law um, without being charged or anything. I mean, it's it's completely ludicrous what's happening. And because of these posts that he made on Facebook, he's completely saying his friends can testify, his mom, his family, they're all saying this is outrageous. Um, whether or not he did it to be noticed and to get attention for this rhetoric is is unknown. But like you said on Facebook, you were just like, if he can be arrested and put in a psychiatric facility for making anti-government and like even violent, like suggesting hateful things, then how come all these right-wing like nutjob conservative talk show hosts aren't being arrested and put in psychiatric courts as well? You obviously said it better than I, but. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and uh, I mean, the fact that he, they're so concerned over his mental yeah. health. I read something where the mom talked to an FBI agent. She said, well, we're concerned that for his mental well-being, he might hurt himself and others. And I just find that interesting that because, you know, if he wasn't, didn't post anything about 9-11 conspiracies, um, a soldier posting stuff about that, would he have been, you know, if he was just posting other shit? Because I'm sure some of these people who've killed their wives and committed suicide, you know, what was it, 33 soldiers committed suicide in July of 2012? Yeah, it's, American it's soldiers. like it's at least... I mean... Yeah, it's definitely, what, yeah. 
are you guys watching out for those people too and making sure they don't commit suicide by getting them at the adequate mental health attention that they need after coming back from a war that gives them post-traumatic stress disorder? Fuck no, you're not. Right. So it just—it's laughable. It's totally, again, it's selectively going after someone and, and using that as a reason. I mean, if they were so concerned about mental health out there, you know, then do something about it. That's a really good point. It's like Get here, all these soldiers the are killing themselves, and yet they go after this one guy who just posts stuff about how nine eleven was an inside job. Oh, that's interesting. Clearly, they really care about the the well being of soldiers who are coming back from the war. And it, and you know, I would almost believe them. If, it, if he was, like, posting things like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of ending it soon. You know, not even saying I'm going to kill myself, but, like, alluding to suicide. And he yeah. wasn't even doing anything like that. Like, no. nothing. Nothing saying he's going to hurt other people. He said, he, like you said, he posted some lyrics from a song talking about chopping heads. I mean, I'm sorry. Anyone who Googles that can see that it's a lyric. Yeah. If he said, like, I'm going to go and chop <laughs> off the head of this person in this place. Like, okay, then that's, you know, that's a threat, death threat mm-hmm. against someone. But he didn't do anything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... So who knows what the whole story is going to amount to be. It's not getting the press coverage that it should be getting at all. So, you know, all we're going from is just statements from his family, and they probably don't even know what the hell's going on. Yeah, and and, and Adam Koch... I mean, I should even go out there. It's in Virginia. It's, like, really close to me. But Adam Kokesh went out there and interviewed his... A guy that he served with, another Marine. I mean, we're talking about Marines. Like, these guys are gnarly. And the fact that this guy basically woke up to the fact that his government was lying to him about all the two wars that he served in, clearly, for a long time, like, I'd be pissed, too. You know? I mean, he's obviously pissed off, angry. Like, he's saying that the revolution should happen, that he's ready for it. I mean, he's not saying anything about a violent revolution, but he is saying, like, he's pissed. Yeah, and, and there's plenty of people who talk about that and use that kind of rhetoric. I mean, you know, I mean, I hear it all the time on the on the GCN or all the the Liberty Movement stuff. It's continuous. Yeah, that and they talk like that. And his friend was out there, and he was just like, "My friend is totally sane. I feel the exact same way he does. He's just speaking the truth. He's like, sometimes the truth is more dangerous than anything else. He's like, this is yeah. what happens, you know." I just posted a video. It's funny that you, that phrase you just said. Um, that I just posted a video on the Meteor's homepage that has a kind of a weird title. It's "Torturous Interference," and it's a scene from The Insider, where basically the head of CBS News, the corporate head, comes in to tell the director of 60 Minutes that because the truth they're going to reveal on their you know tobacco program is so damaging to the tobacco company that that's why they're putting their company in jeopardy that the more truth they tell will actually be more damaging to the company so it's not because the accusations are untrue or because they're you know standing on shaky ground it's because they're so true that they'll put that's how much danger it puts the company in right so it's it's again it's the same old thing it's like you know a lot of people saying, oh, the Bradley Manning leaks, you know, even going, you know, they just assume his guilt. They say he leaked it are like, oh, it's just a bunch of like, you know, nonsense. Anyways, it's all not true. It's like, well, yeah, right. It's because it's so obviously it's a lot of it's damaging truth or else the U.S. government wouldn't be this upset. Right. If it was nonsense, they wouldn't care. I mean, they wouldn't be going this far. Yeah, exactly. It's all you have to do is look at how the establishment treats people. I mean, like people who say that Julian Assange is a CIA Assad Front and that you know, there's nothing that's really WikiLeaks has done because they haven't exposed 9/11 because of this and that. Just look at how the state is treating them. They almost 
it violated international law over a country's sovereignty to try to extradite a, a whistleblower who's uncharged. I mean, what? How could you possibly yeah. say that this is like anything but what it is? Which and is you, like insane. And when you say they almost did it, I mean, we're, you know, they're probably going to do it, you know, somehow. And that's the scary thing is like the U.S. government has no bounds or limitations right. now. They can find a way to do something because no one's going to stand in their way. And that's really the scariest part of it. And, you know, certain countries like Russia are trying to, you know, give an outlet for Julian Assange with, to Russia today and things like that. And that's great. But, like, you know, the U.S. is a powerful juggernaut. And I don't, you know, it'll be interesting to see how things play out in the next decade or less, you know, with this this new kind of information war happening and all this shit. It's it really is makes you crazy to think about sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's almost really intense to be working for Russia today because I mean things are not going to get better before they get worse. I mean, I'm not saying that that's not a beautiful thing. I think thing, great things will come out of whatever bad does happen and maybe things do have to get worse before they get better, but I I know that it's going to be interesting as hell to be working for a Russian television network when it all comes to a head. I mean, or maybe it won't come to a head. Maybe it'll just continue as is, you know? Well, yeah, I don't think anyone in power wants it to come to a head. Right. Unless they're truly diabolical and, and who knows what, you know, how sociopathic the, the elites that control, you know, our economy and this country are, really are. You know, I mean... If 9-11 isn't any indication, then some of them are truly, truly diabolical and beyond compassion. I mean, they have no compassion for human life or anything. Like, they're just completely off the rails. <laughs> but, Robbie, 9-11 was... <laughs> what do you mean, 9-11? Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about the 19 hijackers. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Because they're the only... Because, yeah, it was totally Al-Qaeda. I got in, I've been in so many arguments here with people. Like, this is my favorite thing to argue with people in D.C. Because everyone, as cool as people are, and, and the more that I'm here, I'm actually getting a lot more context of actually the way things work and how fucked up the system really is. Because I'm meeting people who are actually working in the USDA and all these agencies and NGOs that are actually, like, give me a lot of great insight on how things operate, which is also, like, pretty sad because you realize how corrupt it is and how like long it takes for things to actually make change from the inside but I love bringing up 9-11 it all comes back to that when I'm drunk or you know when we get in the subject of terrorism or any of that stuff because I can't hold back on it and it's just hilarious there'll always be like one person out of the group who's just like yeah like it's like they never hear people admitting to it it's like it's just kind of like this unspoken thing that no one no one questions still. I mean, and I love to bring it up because I have the facts down and I can argue with anyone about it. That's my favorite thing to argue about because I know that it's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you could parse certain facts with certain people. I mean, I was talking about, I was trying to explain to someone what the 9-11 propaganda archive was who didn't know about what the Media Roots webpage has been reposting from mm-hmm. this neuro-linguistic programming group. Um, and I just I just told them, you know, oh, the last, I think, part four had a thing called the anatomy of the collapse two days after 9-11 saying the jet fuel blew the fire, the impact from the plane blew off the fireproofing. It was because the trusses weakened and it imploded with a pancake collapse. And I was just talking to him about how absurd it is that that theory was so solidified so early on. One of the greatest arch- uh, architectural 
um, disasters of all time, if you really think about it, if it really was a natural collapse. I mean, that's a huge deal. You would think that would be investigated for years by teams of architects. No, Robbie, it was decided the three days after the events. That well, yeah, the it was it obvious. Happened. Yeah, it was obvious a building that powderized and all that. I mean, that's, yeah, it just fell down. Basically, fell down, dude. That's the way it <laughs> yeah. happened. Don't ever question it. That's the way it is. But yeah, oh, and you, then this guy would be really shocked at how many people just don't ever question it ever. You know. Well, and then this guy had heard of Building Seven, and then his rebuttal to Building Seven. When I was like, "Well, what about Building Seven? He's like, "Well, you know, some buildings are just made to collapse that way. Like they're built to collapse like into their own really? footprint and like an implosion." And I was really? like, "All right, like I just don't even know what to say." What does back that, to that mean? I don't know. Wow. I don't. I just. I can't. It just. <laughs> you just always have an excuse for all these completely unexplainable events. You know. Yeah, yeah. Some buildings are just meant to implode into their own footprint. Yeah. Never, absolutely. never heard of that before. But I guess if that's what your mind wants to grasp at, then that's what you're gonna do. And they can also send the building itself is actually. I don't know if you've heard about this, but it has what it's called a telepathic emitter inside of it, which sends information to reporters. Uh, letting them yes. know that when it's going to collapse, it's, it tells them I'm about to collapse right now. So like right. that's what that explains on BBC when she was standing in front of Building Seven, saying it had just collapsed. She the message got sent to her too early telepathically. But Robbie, there was so much confusion that day. It's very easy to to say, oh, you know, we didn't know <laughs> we didn't know what building was falling and where. I mean, we knew the two towers were falling, You're right. but. It was it was it was complete chaos. It was complete chaos. No one could so, have ever imagined that Building Seven would have fallen. No, and I love it too. It, I was just thinking about how hilarious that clip is. That it like starts getting all jarbled. You remember that? Like when she's reporting on it, like the screen literally does like a movie like, <laughs> fuzz cut out, like as she's talking. Like it's so fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's almost unreal. I mean that that no, actually it is unreal. happened. Like, it what? is. It is unreal because it's so outrageous and no one, it just, it is what it is. And, and everyone that I've brought it up to and they've seriously, like I've gotten like yelling matches just saying like how it's just people who have never even heard any facts at all. And they're just like, the Bush administration is so incompetent. They could never imagine that that, ha- that would have happened. And I was like, we're not saying the Bush administration was behind it. We're saying that we don't know who. Yeah. Was we're just it. saying that it happened. Like that's, that's yeah. what happened. <laughs> Yeah, that's literally what happened. I apologize for you trying to define who did it and how. If you can, if that's the only way you can entertain it is to know exactly what happened, then I'm sorry. I can't provide yeah. that for you. Man, it's uh, yeah. That shit's happened. I mean, that shit's real. <laughs> yeah, the shit is real, and it's crazy. It's but real it is, like Israel. <laughs> it's real like Israel. <laughs> It is funny just to talk about it in D.C. just because we're here in the Bill of the Beast. But, um, but aside from that, I mean, you know, other than, of course, these, the Aiken thing, that guy saying that. I mean, it's just amazing that this Can guy... update me on that a little bit? Because I, I heard about it on the radio and it was so confusing. It was something about abortion. It just seemed like another excuse to inject, like, abortion into the upcoming election. I mean, debate. it is... In a sense, but at the same time, the fact that there's even a sitting member of Congress who doesn't understand the anatomy of the human body, like, that is just... It's just like the Sarah Palin thing. It's like, how is this person a legitimate person in the political establishment? How is this real? 
Now, I'm going to go from like a half-listened-to soundbite version of this. Did he actually... Was he the guy who said that he, if a woman is getting raped, she knows she can shut all that down down there? He said, if a woman's getting <laughs> legitimately raped, quote, legitimately raped, then your body can shut that down. What? Does he understand that a, a, a determined, erect, psychotic male can fuck... I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, that, I mean, that's what, uh, that's maybe he doesn't know of anal are. rape because I mean your butt, you can't shut down your butt. I mean, what are you gonna do? What the fuck is that? <laughs> he said that you cannot mean? get pregnant. Ma- what? He said that you cannot get pregnant if you're being legitimately raped. Well, that can mean one of two things. That either he means he thinks that there's some sort of magical like thinking cap you can put on and be like, I'm not gonna get pregnant. I'm not gonna get pregnant. Or he's like so archaic and like in like the southern like voodoo era that he thinks that you can like take like a mandrake root and like kill the bait like that's okay like 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 an herbal abortion like morning <laughs> after pill yeah it's like i didn't understand like, that these like, like magical, my wife takes yeah, like these nettle and and, and, and he know. said from what, he said, from what he understands from doctors he said he said from what i understand from doctors it's like what the fuck doctors are you talking to? like fucking witch doctors and ghana <laughs> like who's telling you that you can't get pregnant from being raped like what are the 32,000 women every fucking yeah. year in this country who get pregnant from um, from being raped yeah it sounds like he <laughs> might have heard that from a snake handling doctor yeah down in wherever the fuck he's oh my god bible book saying like here I don't even know I mean it's just so outrageous that this guy is like a sitting member of the house who's actually like legislating things about the female body and birth control and, and abstinence and all this stuff you're like you don't even understand what the hell is going on dude like, at all. I mean, it's just shocking. These are the same people who couldn't even say the word vagina because they, like, were offended by it. It's like, dude... Well, it's, it's offensive. These old white men, it's just... It's unbelievable that they even have a voice and are able to legislate things about the human body when they clearly don't understand it. But it's become this a viral shit show. I mean, everyone's <laughs> talking about it. It's totally absurd. Everyone's calling for his resignation because they're just like, who are you and why are you, like, why do you exist? <laughs> And he's still running. He's just like still in it. Yeah, aren't there some Republicans <laughs> even telling yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the GOP so that even, is that just crossed like, dude, the line even they're for just him. like, dude, you got to get out. Like, I like how that's like where the line is drawn. It's like you, you at certain points you think, oh, there's nothing too <laughs> ridiculous for them to like be okay with, but actually this is like, yep. this is a little too far for this even is them. Too much, you know? but he still is unaffected. It's like it's like it's hilarious because even you know Anthony Weiner, all these other people like resigned. You know they. They uh, saved face. They got out. Da da da. This guy's just still in there, just kicking. Yeah. Still kicking it. Like he's just like totally unaffected by all this. It's hilarious. Oh my god. Yeah, isn't yeah. that amazing that that happened? <laughs> it is. It's truly absurd. Um, but yeah, everything. Other than that, things are going well. Um, my brother's going on a, a big tour. Talk about your tour a little bit. Well, I'm going on a tour uh, for my label, Record Label Records, um, with artist Nomo Ogo. They're kind of like a synthesizer ensemble. Um, they put on like a very theatrical, weird kind of psychedelic show, and uh, I'm playing with them under the name Candelabra, which is not the name I usually play under. It's usually Fluorescent Gray, but I'm changing it up this time. And we're going to Portland, Seattle... Olympia, um, LA, and San Francisco, and I think we're going to have one more date, but that one's not solidified yet, but you can go to um, the Record Label Records Facebook page, or 
the website to find out where we're going to be playing each date. And we'll be selling CDs and shit. We'll be bringing around Media Root stickers. And yeah, come and say hi if you're a listener. Yeah, it's going to be a really awesome show. No Mogo is a great band. My brother's an amazing musician. I definitely implore everyone to check out those shows. Um, and check out MediaRoots.org. And, you know, we're still running on donations. And we definitely yes. encourage everyone to not only donate, but to get involved. I mean, we really want to start highlighting inspirational yes, people yes, in yes. your community. Um, start profiling people who inspire you, who are doing cool things, interviewing artists, musicians, and just uh, getting out there and talking to people and, you know, being active and talking about what, what inspires you, what, what what do you do on a daily basis that can be a direct vote in how to change society, change the system. So, yeah. give us your input. And, and if you are out there and you want, would like to like to see us talk about something or contribute something... Our approach is, is kind of like this. It's like if you have a suggestion for a story or something like that, we encourage you to write it yourself and you know send it to us. Send us a sample of what this issue, important issue is for you and why you want to talk about it. It can even just be like three paragraphs or two paragraphs and a link to an article or something. I mean, we, we don't... It's just we have so many people sending me articles, and I'm sure Abby does mm-hmm. too. If things, oh, you should mention this and this and this, but it's like we're only we can only do so much, and we choose to cover the things that we find most important or that are in the pipeline for us at the moment. Right. You know, for whatever reason, and you know, it's hard work to do it. So, if you're out there and you want to see a certain issue covered, we really encourage you to try to write about yourself. And and if you read the website, you probably have a good idea of what kind of stuff we like and. What we talk about what issues we like to cover. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I simply don't have time. And if someone writes me like a really long email, I just, I, it's too much. <coughs> and I would just really encourage everyone just to take all of their thoughts and ideas, send it to someone who does have the time to put it together. If you're not a good writer, just try. I mean, we do have people who are ed- volunteer editors we could work with you, but we, we do not have time to write original articles based on research that you send us or just links and and things yeah. like that. So we just really encourage everyone to just be a citizen journalist and, and do this yourself. Everyone has access. That's the beautiful thing about the internet is like you have as much access as I do to, to do these things. Absolutely. And we I mean, have the forum for you to do it. It's true democracy still in that sense that it's, it's completely open and anybody can have a voice and... All you have to do is just try and, and yeah, and put the, your first foot forward and actually like take the step. I mean, you can't rely on others or even our website to cover the things that you want to see covered. Yeah, exactly. We have the forum. We've gone that far. We're really busy. We have the forum for you to, to put your voice on there. Yep. Poetry, art, music, writing, interviews, all of that, like video... It, it's a, your space, so you know if you if you have a completed piece or if you have ideas for that, go take the initiative and do it, and, and that's beautiful. And we're gonna keep building this community. We're gonna keep networking and and building it up. And um, we just thank you for your support. Thank you for listening to our show always. And we apologize for ranting. It's, we haven't talked in a long time. We, we really will try to do these more often, but it's it gets hard. Yeah. Thank you very much, everyone, and, and uh, yeah, have a great night. <laughs> Yeah, everybody out there, have a good night. And thanks for listening. And please donate to MediaRoots.org. We could really use your donations and your help and support. Yay.